and we all say, Oh, what? I never was there Speaking of family-friendly I mean, queer really. content, Cats the Musical is on Broadway through December. <laughs> thing with Jay and Robert. I'm Jay. And I'm Robert. And I guess we have an intro now. I did that on a whim, but I guess we have an intro now. This was actually our first ever listener request. It is. Yeah. Early on in the first season, we got a request from Chris Canelli, who is an avid listener, who is a third grade teacher. Hmm. And he wrote in and was like, I would really love to hear an episode about things that I can show my third graders. So if you have children, keep them away from me. But... <laughs> I don't want to talk to them, but feel free to like play this episode for them because we know that usually we talk pretty crudely. Yeah, we 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 talk like sailors and we talk about some grown up topics. Yeah, some of some of the content on this is pretty explicit, and we are actively leaving a lot of that out. Yeah. However, we're not going to limit our personalities. Yeah. So we're going to record this like any other episode. So if you want to listen with your children, start the episode now. Hi, kids. Just kidding. <laughs> Hello. We turn Hi. into it, and we're just like, touch it. Um, <laughs> okay, now, now start, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now start with your kids. Hi, kids. I'm Jay. I'm Robert. And we're gay. Yeah. And that means just kidding. I, I mean, clearly, I don't know how to ch- talk to children. I, despite having been a teacher for a full semester <laughs> and a child, <laughs> I, I have a child. I have met children. Mm-hmm. I was a. a elementary school teacher for one full semester yep. I, if confronted with a child, have no idea what to say to it. Kids! I don't know what's wrong with these kids today. Kids! Who can understand anything they say? So the first thing that we're going to be talking about is this show that's on Netflix starring one of our idols Julie Andrews. One of the things that I like about Julie's Green Room off the bat is that it's about theater. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is underrepresented, especially in... Like children's theater. Yeah. Because I grew up doing children's theater. Me too. I love children. I will see any and all children's theater. I think children's theater... What was theater... your first children's play that you did? I, uh, gosh. Or like play that you did as a child. I don't remember what the first one was. I do know that my most iconic childhood roles were Judd Fry in Oklahoma. Okay. Glinda in The Wiz. Right. I am white. <laughs> As was everyone in the production, to be clear. And, of course, my defining role, Harvey Johnson in Bye Bye Birdie. Right. Um, I don't know if Charity Home from School yet. <laughs> was Bob Cratchit sure. in A Christmas Carol. There was a moment, I actually missed the scene. It was one performance, and I missed the scene where Scrooge, like, goes to the future and sees Bob Cratchit crying over Tiny Tim's grave. Oh, no. And I have this, like, PTSD of being stuck in the hallway, not being able to get <gasps> to the stage, and then the stage manager being like, you missed it. The Reese Witherspoon movie Home Again would have been really rough for you, because there's a scene just like that. Oh, gosh. The Wizard of Oz, where I played a munchkin, a jitterbug, and the wizard. Whoa. <laughs> you were really pulling triple yeah. duty. And the waiter in the iconic Who Poisoned His Meatball. <laughs> It was a like murder mystery middle school play. Did you write it? No, it's oh, okay. like a, it's like a play that is meant for Are you like serious? younger elementary school grade. Wait. Yeah. I'm sorry, I have to look this up. <laughs> I can I can imagine the cover of the play. There is a full production on YouTube. Is it 
from Oklahoma Road Middle School? It is from last year. I'm glad to see this work is still being done around the country. Yeah, luckily, Who Poisoned His Meatball is still being produced. Anyway, though. Julie Andrews, who is an LGBTQ plus icon, Icon. is a icon to genuinely everybody. Oh, yeah. I think no one on this earth does not like Julie Andrews. Yeah, and if you are someone who doesn't like Julie Andrews... Unsubscribe, honestly. Have you ever, like, been around her? No. I will always say to people, if I am in the same room and we are breathing the same air... I'll be set for life. Like, if she were, like, in a show and I was watching from, like, the high balcony, I'd be, like, <gasps> like just breathing in the That's same how I feel about Cher. Oxygen. Oh, well, that's fixable. She's performing in Las I Vegas. Know. That's also how I felt about Julianne Moore, and then I met Julianne Moore. Mm, and, true. I mean, have I not been happier ever since? True. <laughs> Go to tinyletter.com slash one more thing, and to we'll tell the you story. the story about Julianne Moore. Yeah. But, so, Julie Andrews, theater, and then on top of it, it's a kid's show. Yeah, and it's got... The whole supporting cast is Muppets, which, let me tell you something about the Muppets. Well, they're not Muppets. Because <laughs> that is a... You don't want to know where Let Me Tell You Something About the Muppets was going? That is a copyrighted <laughs> Jim Henson product. I would yeah, say they're Jim Henson. They are? Yeah. So Julie's Green Room came out eight or nine months ago. Yeah. I didn't really hear a lot about it. Like, I me think neither. It, sort it was of kind of passed. announced, and then it dropped, and then the, that was it. Yeah, and there were a lot of, like, huge celebrities on it. Mm-hmm. It just got sort of no attention, which I think is because it was a kid's show. So yeah. probably it got attention in, like, the kids' circles, which we are not in. But the really cool thing about Julie's Green Room that got a lot of press at the time is that there is a gender-neutral Muppet yeah. in it named Riley. I watched the whole show. I watched it all in one sitting, which mm-hmm. was... Tells Julie... She's, I mean, she's fabulous. Yeah. Watching the whole show in one sitting is, I would not advise it. If you're not a child, it's sort of mind numbing. Like by episode five, I was kind of like, I'm in this. Gotcha. So it's not necessarily a show that parents would enjoy watching with their child. It sort of feels like an average kids show to me in that like, it's not one of those like ones that has the like winks to the parents. You could watch with your kids, but also like you can just sort of have it on in the background while, while your kid is watching it. Okay. So Riley is this little gender neutral Muppet. All the Muppets are like the children in Julie's green room. Which is Um, like a camp? Yeah, basically. Riley wants to be an engineer, which first of all, hooray. And also the, the thing I love most about Riley is that by the end of the season, Riley has become like basically the stage management apprentice. Oh, really? Yeah, like fully, oh, wow. like is basically a stage manager. A lot of the other rabbits are like, I want to sing, I want to dance. And this one's like, I want to get sort of a hands-on approach to the technical aspects of theater. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> so it's not only a gender neutral Muppet, this is a smart Muppet. <laughs> there you go. That's where the money is. There was an article in, I believe the New York Times about this Muppet. And once the show came out, the creators were sort of getting like press about Riley being gender neutral. And it was co-created by Julie Andrews and her daughter. Okay. And when they were, when people asked them about Riley, they were like, if we, if pressed, we'd say she, but maybe not forever. Hmm. Which, that's not really super gender neutral. She's sort of like an androgynous girl. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a little bit sad that they didn't say, if we were pressed on pronouns, we would say they. Mm-hmm. You know? What do they use in the show? Do they just use... They actually don't. Hmm. Because it's, it's sort of all like direct address and I wasn't I mean I wasn't like sitting by the computer with a pen waiting well, to hear the pronoun but I I didn't ever notice a moment where they referred to Riley with a pronoun I mean I will say that a lot of kids shows do do that because they're constantly trying to keep children yeah totally with who Riley the characters says, are yeah. but I feel like in that case they would have not made a spectacle about it but at least referenced yeah it. Um, like if you're gonna do it do it which yeah. is something we've said for a lot of the things that we've covered yeah. through both seasons yeah like, if you're going to do it, do, do it. it. 
Whoa. <laughs> Who's our sponsor this season, Robert? Our patrons. What does that mean? Well, you can go on to patreon.com, P-A-T-E-R-O-N. R-E-O-N. R-E-O-N slash one more thing and become a patron. It's super easy. You click a button, you give us money, and that's it. But Robert, I don't have a lot of money. Right now, I think I have like $1. You know what? There's a plan for you. You can subscribe for $1 a month and get a new bonus episode emailed to you once a month. What if I have a little bit more money to give you? I don't know, like $5? You can go to patreon.com slash one more thing and subscribe to our $5 plan, which is you get a video episode. It's like a vlog. What was that link again? Patreon.com slash one more thing. Spell Patreon for me. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash O-N-E-M-O-R-E-T-H-I-N-G. This money goes to giving you everything you deserve with content, quality, and coverage. The three C's, content, quality, and coverage. Oh, quality wow. starts with a <laughs> Steven Universe, uh-huh. which is on Cartoon Network, is another kid's show where pronouns is a very interesting topic. Mm-hmm. So Steven Universe is about this little boy named Steven who is half human and half gem. And gems are this kind of futuristic alien species uh-huh. that have powers. Just like me. Yeah. None of the aliens use pronouns. Right, right. They aren't necessarily gendered as characters. But they sort of present female. Yeah. At least most of them. There are male gems, but it never really like comes into play. There's this thing that two, that two of the gems can do where they like dance. Basically, there's a scene where two of the gems are dancing and they cover Steven's eyes and then they meld into one. Right. And they turn into this like super gem and that super gem is able to get them out of a lot of situations. But then Garnet. Yeah. So Garnet is another one of the gems. And in one of, in the first season finale, or maybe the premiere of the second season, mm-hmm. it all sort of blends together. Garnet, who's this one gem who presents as female, was split in two, into two different gems, Ruby and Sapphire. And they sort of, when they got back together, spun each other around and like kissed and then fused back into one person again. Yeah. And it was sort of objectively like, oh, they are a couple. Mm -hmm. And they both presented as female as well. Mm -hmm. And the creator of Steven Universe, Rebecca Sugar, is a queer woman. Yeah. She also created this show Adventure Time, which I don't watch. Okay. Do you? No, it scares me. So apparently she wanted these two female characters on it to be in a relationship, but the Mm -hmm. other producers were like, no, we're not interested in that. So she decided that she would just make another show where she could put in queer women, and then she put in all queer women. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of adults who watch it. My friend Stephanie is the person who first, like, told me about it, and she's fully my age. She's 23. My roommate watches it. Like, I see people our age posting about it on Facebook all the time, but I do know that also children watch it. I didn't realize when we put this on the the script of things to talk about how popular it was. Yeah. But there are people walking around the city with like Steven Universe's shirt. Yes. The like red shirt with the little star. Yeah. Once I sort of looked into Steven Universe I started seeing that shirt everywhere Mm -hmm. and I was like oh I had always thought that shirt was just some like brand I didn't get but it's a Steven Universe It's just Lee Michelle's star from Glee. Oh. So there's a couple on the show that is a couple and they're together and it is two female presenting gems Mm -hmm. but then there are two other gems that basically the kid viewership is like they're together wait really yeah rebecca sugar has been asked in panels if they're together and rebecca's like yeah they are it's canon got it but i can't explicitly put that on the show because we already do so much Mm -hmm. that there like is a cap 
Um, and if I am wrong about any of this and you are a lover of Steven Universe, please tweet, DM us about it. Yeah, and, and then tell your friends about the podcast. Because I have only seen maybe one or two episodes yeah. of this show. And I've seen a lot of YouTube content. Mm-hmm. I'm not a lover of cartoons. Yeah, I don't really like animated shows, so it's not super for me. But yeah. everyone I know who watches it really loves it. Yeah. Steven Universe on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. Not for us, probably for you. Yeah, let us know. You just think about the life you'll have together after the war. And then you do it for her. That's how you know you can win. You do it for her. That is to say, you'll do it for him. So Rebecca Sugar said, My LGBT representation is not intended to make a point, but to help all children understand themselves and develop their identity. Queer youth deserve to see themselves in stories just as much as other children. And, given pervasive heteronormativity, not allowing them to do so can be harmful. LGBT children also deserve to see the prospect of love for themselves in the characters they identify with. The ideal of fulfilling partnership and true love, established as the one thing to aspire to by generations of Disney cartoons, extended to all. She's right. Yeah, no, I mean, it's sort of the Mulan thing. I know so many queer women who deeply, deeply related to Mulan, Mm -hmm. but then in the end, Mulan gets with a guy. Well, unless you're watching Once Upon a Time. Oh, right. Mulan is along the lines of your favorite Twitter campaign, Give Elsa a Girlfriend. For those of you who don't know, Frozen is a movie starring Kristen Bell and Andina Menzel that none of us can escape from. True. And it's coming to Broadway with Casey Levy and Patty Mernon, our friends. And there was a Twitter campaign that went around a while ago that was hashtag Give Elsa a Girlfriend. And everyone was kind of on one side of it or the other. Yes, this is amazing. This is the perfect opportunity. You have to shape this character because Frozen 1 is so much about sisterhood and about a family and they don't really dive into different relationships. And because Patty Mernon's relationship kind of goes down the drain and then she falls in love with Jonathan Groff, Elsa is kind of left relationshipless. And if we know Disney, if you're not in a relationship... You better be. Yeah. This Twitter campaign went around trying to convince Disney to give Elsa a girlfriend. There was an interview that Ellen DeGeneres, our favorite talk show host in the world, our nemesis, did with Adina Menzel, where Ellen was like, what do you think about this whole hashtag give us a girlfriend? And Adina was like, I can't speak for Disney. If, if we're going to have this conversation, like know that I am not like a Disney rep. I'm not on the Frozen yeah. like press tour. We're not doing any of that. And then, but then she was like, I think it's awesome. Yeah. And like, that would be really cool to see, but like, don't get your hopes up. Disney was just kind of like, yeah, we've never thought about it. We probably aren't thinking about it. Stay tuned. Yeah. And also it goes into the whole Dumbledore thing where if they give Elsa a girlfriend now, it's yeah, kind of a, pandering a, a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if they if the plan wasn't to give Elsa a girlfriend in, in Frozen 1, keep it that way. Yeah. Don't give it to me later. Give me another Pixar movie. Exactly. Or a Disney movie with a princess or a prince who ends up with a princess or a prince. Yeah. Because that's the kind of stuff that I would buy a $17 movie ticket Oh, absolutely. In a heartbeat. Yeah. I'm just busy on my phone. Oh, yeah, you are. Robert, What you're, you look like you're busy on your phone. <laughs> this is I am. I horrible improv exercise. <laughs> what are you doing over there on your phone, Robert? I'm actually trying to find us on Instagram. Well, I believe our username is one more thang with an A because I was taken. Oh, my God. That's your name on Twitter, too. What about on Facebook, though? I posted a status about listening, and it's at One More Thing Podcast. Yeah. You, too, listener, can post about One More Thing and bring your friends in. And if you 
you really want like s- something extra special, we're still improving here. <laughs> you can go to tinyletter.com forward slash one more thing and you'll get a newsletter from us every Wednesday written by my friend Robert here. Oh. I love this newsletter. I ser- seriously, okay. I'll, I'll be like at work or something and I'll get a notification like, oh, newsletter time, gotta read it. Because I have no idea what you're gonna write. And it's always <laughs> full of like gifts and like fun links. I love it. So for uh, a special surprise every Wednesday in your email inbox, tinyletter.com forward slash one more thing. So I love Avatar. Huh? What's Avatar? Avatar, The Last Airbender. What is that? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Korra. The Legend of Korra? Yeah, so The Legend of Korra is the sequel to Avatar, The Last Airbender. Oh, never heard of it. What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there was a show with like a hundred seasons called Avatar, The Last Airbender. Was that that bald guy with the arrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, I know this. He is Korra's... He becomes like the... the Avatar. And an Avatar is a master of all of the elements. Earth, fire, water, and yeah. air. Everybody else... or something. Yeah. Everybody else is only able to have to master one of those things. Yeah. Um, and some people can't master any of them. They just <laughs> belong <me. laughs> to, like, a certain tribe. Uh-huh. Oh, this is that movie that was made with all the white people. M. Night Shyamalan did make a movie version of it that is terrible. They somehow gave him money and he's making a sequel. But it was, like, insanely popular. Like, it was the one show in my teen years where I was like, it's Friday. I have to be home at this time to watch the new Avatar. Wow. And then it ended because the story episode. kind of wrapped up. And then they started The Legend of Korra, gotcha. which happens years into the future. And basically the Avatar exists in every generation and it's kind of the same soul being passed from person to person. When the Avatar is in the Avatar state, they have the access to all of their past lives and all of their past powers and energies to kind of defeat the greater evil, which in a lot of cases is the Fire Nation. So My eyes are glazing over. So Korra, I know I'm nerding out right now because I love Avatar. Sure. But then Korra was created and it takes place a lot later where one of the characters who is a teenager preteen in Avatar The Last Airbender with Aang is like a great-grandmother in the Korra series. Love that. And Korra is a waterbender who I believe is related to that character. She is the avatar, and she goes through this immense training. And um, it also took off, and it moved from... It was just a web series where they were releasing the episodes only on Nickelodeon.com, and then it got so popular that they were like, all right, we're bringing it to air, and they brought it to Nickelodeon. But tell me what happened with it afterwards. So... At the end of Legend of Korra, this happened last year, Korra and her best friend, Asami. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. I've I've never seen the show. <laughs> I didn't really understand what was happening, but, like, Korra was, like, ascending to a new plane of, like, existence, like, a new plane of the universe. And, like, right before she did so, she basically turned to her best friend, Asami, and they, like, kissed. The very last moment of the series was them kissing. Mm -hmm. And not just, like, not like a kiss a friend. People sort of freaked out and were like, oh my god, what does this mean? Does this mean they were together? Like, all this stuff. And some of the horrible fanboys were being like, no, they're not together. Like, that ruins the whole thing. That ending ruins the whole show. That's not canon. Korra and Asami are friends. That kiss was stupid. Like, that was nothing. And the creators had to literally make a statement that was like, yeah, they're gay. Mm -hmm. They're together. It is canon that they end up together in a romantic relationship. Good on them. It's so much better to do that than to go back and be like, oh yeah, those two characters were meant to be gay. Yeah, totally. I don't think I ever really apologized. For what? For being gone all that time. For not coming back sooner. You don't need to apologize for anything. 
I'm just so happy you're here now. I don't think I could have handled losing you and my father in the same day. I am so sorry about what happened. Thank you. I'm just glad I was able to forgive him. So, what now? Back to the dance floor? I'm kind of all danced out. Honestly, after everything that's happened the past few months, I could use a vacation. Let's do it! Let's go on a vacation, just the two of us. Anywhere you want. Really? Okay. I've always wanted to see what the spirit world's like. Sounds perfect. I have a fun activity. Okay. So recently, oh gosh, okay. over the summer, there was a comic book release yeah. called Cora Turf Wars. Yeah. The first few pages of the first issue were about Cora and Asami being gay together. Oh no. Uh-huh. So I think oh. we should do a classic one more thing reenactment. Ah! Okay. You want to play Korra or Asami? Korra, because I know more about her than Asami. Also, let it be known for nerds out there that Asami is part of the Fire Nation, which was a big deal because Korra is water. Okay. Get it? Water and fire? Oh. Yeah. I like that. All right, let's go. So we emerge from this yellow flight and we're holding hands. Welcome to the spirit world. I can't believe I'm actually here. The spirit world is a pretty unpredictable place. You never know when the ground might drop right from under you. So stay close. I don't want us to get separated. Me either. So where do we start our vacation? They're holding hands again. There's some pictures of birds. Here we are on a dragon. (laughs) Here we are in a mushroom field. Here we are swimming, jumping on mushrooms, looking at a waterfall. You thinking what I'm thinking? Race you to the top. Looking a little slow, Avatar. I'm going easy on you. We're climbing up a mountain. Rumble, rumble, rumble. What's happening? Whoa. Oh, there's another character now. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, you can do the thing oh, in my yeah. voice. Okay. So this is a this is a mountain monster. Yeah. Who dares climb upon me? I'm sorry, noble spirit. We didn't realize. I should have known. Pesky humans. I'm not pesky. I'm the avatar. Even worse. I didn't complain when you kept the northern and the southern portals open, but creating a new one has gone too far. The human and the spirit world should have remained separate. The new portal was a kind of accident. Leave my realm and never return. Ah! Korra! Hang on, I got you. Oof. (laughs) Asami, are you okay? Talk to me. Phew. (laughs) What a disaster. I wanted our first big getaway to be perfect, not almost get killed. I'm sorry. We've been through a lot worse together, and I'm not going to let one disgruntled spirit ruin all the fun we had. You shouldn't either. You're right. But unfortunately- Are we gonna kiss? Oh my god, yeah. I'm- I'm not gonna kiss you. (laughs) But unfortunately, we lost all our supplies, so we should probably think about heading back to the city. Sure. Before we go, there's one last thing, subscribe on iTunes, I want to do on our vacation. (laughs) And then we kiss. (laughs) Ew, ew! Oh my god, ew. No, I hate that. (laughs) This has been a wonderful few days. The best. Remember when we first met and you took me race car driving? I remember how terrified you were. Was not. Anyway, what I remember the most is how relieved I felt. Relieved? Yeah. My whole life I was always told I was too wild, too emotional, too intense. But it turned out I could be just as intense as me. You could be just as intense. You could be just as intense as me. I never had anyone in my life who got me the way you do. The three years you were gone were the longest of my life. I think that's when I realized how much you meant to me. I almost told you in one of my letters. Why didn't you? 
You'd already been away for so long. I guess I was scared if you didn't feel the same way, then maybe you'd never come back. How about you? When did you know how you felt? After I was poisoned. Whoa, <laughs> twist. <laughs> you were there for me when I couldn't be there for myself. Cora with the long monologues. <laughs> I know, Cora's just <laughs> talking away. But I was so messed up then. My mind was in, a di- in, was in a million different places. I didn't know if how I felt about you was real or not, but it wasn't an accident that you were the only one I wrote to when I was gone. I'm glad you did. Look, our ride's here. A giant dragon <laughs> phoenix has appeared. <laughs> how does this dragon bird keep knowing where to find us? I think it can sense where I am. Not every spirit hates me. I wish we could stay longer. Once we're back in the city, I doubt we'll have a moment to rest. Maybe our vacation doesn't have to end just yet. Um, What do you mean? Cora, where are we going? It's a surprise. Wait, these portals won't take us back to Republic City. I thought we could visit my parents before we head back. Your parents? What? And then I guess that's a cliffhanger, right? I guess. (laughs) Well, I mean, the comic book came out, so people know how it ends, but... Wow. I guess we're off to meet Cora's parents. Uh. So anyway, they they had to like write that whole comic book thing that we just read where they explicitly are like, we are in love and we are kissing. (laughs) Just to get the fanboys to stop being like, it's not canon. And even now still people are being like, well, it's the comic book. It's not canon for the show. And it's sort of amazing the mental gymnastics that these teenage boys are doing to make sure there are no lesbians in their comic. Right, yeah, which is a little ridiculous. This is kind of breaking news. This has recently happened. So there's a show on Disney Channel called Andy Mack. Life goes from routine to a roller coaster ride overnight for her for artistic teenager Andy Mack. It all happens on the eve of her 13th birthday when free-spirited older sister Bex, who has been traveling the world, returns home to make a revelation, which changes everything for the Mack family. Oh my God, it turns out that Bex isn't Andy's sister. She's her mother. And Celia, who Andy thought was her mom, is actually her grandmother. Yeah. Learning this family secret sends Andy on an uncharted course of self-discovery. She's not alone on her journey as best friends Cyrus and Buffy are also trying to figure out their places in the world. And Cyrus is the kid who is going to be gay. So this kid, Cyrus, who is mm-hmm. Andy Mack's best friend. Yeah. Also, I feel like this is the kind of thing where you can't just say, like, Andy. It's like, Andy Mack. Yeah. If I was writing a show called Andy Mack, it would be about, like, a reporter in the 40s being like, I'm Andy Mack, you know? <laughs> yeah. Give me a story, boss man. So basically what's happening is it was announced that Cyrus has a crush on Andy Mack's boyfriend. And apparently the series hinted that Cyrus might have a crush on Jonah through the first season. But then in this episode last week, Cyrus basically was like, yeah, I have a crush on this guy. And Buffy, Cyrus's friend, was like, all right. This is not the first time that Disney Corporation has done this before. There have been queer characters. However, they've been on like Disney XD. Yeah. Which is something you have to pay extra for. Or they've been or, like like one-off episodes. Yeah. This is the first time that like Disney Channel. Yeah. I'm Hillary Duff and you're watching Disney Channel. Disney Hi, Channel Hillary. is broadcasting a queer character that like is conceptually queer. To be fair, Disney Channel already has a show about a lesbian family on the air I'm right leaving. now. <laughs> Bye everybody. It was nice talking to you. <laughs> and it's called Raven's Home and it airs Friday nights at 1030. <laughs> Don't even go to Logo. Go to Disney Channel. Yeah, Disney you Channel. You got Andy Mack. You got Raven's Home. And that's... Well, you also have Gravity Falls, but that's and on... And soon, XD. our Disney Channel show. Yeah. Which we're thrilled to announce right now. Is... Cut to commercial. <laughs> Are you jealous? 
Cyrus. Do you like Andy? Disney, if you're listening to this, we want a show. Yeah, give me a, give me a, give me a, give me a show. Oh my god, you know who we could bring on our potential Disney show? Who? Our guest this episode. That is a shockingly good transition. <laughs> yeah, really. Whoa. We have a special guest for this episode. Their name is Lindsay Amer, and they have a show called Queer Kids Stuff on YouTube that is targeted towards toddlers and young kids, and is all about, I mean, like queer stuff. Four kids. Basically teaching a lot of different versions of acceptance yeah. to a younger audience who doesn't yeah. get that. I found their videos on YouTube and we were in the midst of kind of creating this episode and I emailed Anna and Jay and was like, we have to get <laughs> Lindsay on this episode. How do we do it? And you guys were like, yeah, sure. We'll watch the videos later. And I was like, here's their email on the YouTube and they, here's their Patreon page. And we'd like, we have to get them. It worked out and we found the space. So... Coming up after this is Lindsay Amer. Yeah. Hey, it's Jay coming to you from the future at 1.27 a.m. when I'm editing this episode. Um, since we recorded this, we decided to release this episode as a two-parter because it's super long. And so basically, you've just heard the first part. And on Monday, the... That was Sia. <laughs> she's upset that she's not on this season as much. On Wednesday, the 7th, I believe, or 8th. This is why I don't do this show alone. Great. On Wednesday, the 6th, we will be releasing part two of this episode, which is an interview with Lindsay Amer, who you just heard us talk about a little bit. We'll be right after this break. This break being the entire weekend. And we'll see you on Monday for our interview with Lindsay. So, to be continued, I guess. Continue! Happy Ever After! 